0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday, I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and this is your podcast for March 14th, 2021, the fourth Sunday in Lent, year B of our Lord and Savior, blah, 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 <laughs> uh, Bruce, uh, how are you today? I'm fine, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing, uh, just great this week, it looks like we will have some beautiful 60 degree weather, uh, yeah. I'm sure followed by freezing rain next week or something... <laughs> crazy by
1: sunday it will be raining yes (laughs) so there you go
0: um uh but uh i do know that uh uh, we are coming to you all not live on behalf of holy family episcopal church in fishers indiana home of the 60 degree weather followed by rain showers in the low 30s um but uh but yeah uh uh things are, are are going along uh so far in the lent season we've we're we're getting kind of close yeah i mean yeah. it's a little it's a little crazy how quickly time is still passing by when uh, uh um when we have like nothing you know all these things kind of in a way not going
1: on <laughs> isn't it <laughs> yeah is it, is it is yeah it, and yeah i agree with you and it still feels like things are zipping by mm-hmm. so it's kind of kind
0: of crazy but uh but it, this is this is one of those seasons where um, uh, liturgical seasons i should say where um you're hap- you're kind of happy to for it to go by quickly uh, yeah. uh nothing against lent but the prospect of you know holy week and easter uh always kind of very exciting or i'm always very excited yeah, to get to is. that point so um uh, watching uh, realizing that the lent sundays have been marching along uh, and and are and are going uh, seemingly going quickly is is kind of an exciting prospect for me. I I like I like the Easter season so.
1: Yeah, and just to, if people are you know, so, you, people can avoid googling. We have one more Sunday of Lent after this week, mm-hmm. and then Palm Sunday is March 28th. Yeah, which is
0: I mean just already, geez. Yeah. So uh so yeah uh,
1: uh now oh, I mean for let me interrupt you. Sure. And this week is the this weekend is the change the clocks time. So spring forward before Mm -hmm. March 14th, this morning of Sunday. Right.
0: And so uh, for 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 those of you who do the 9 a.m. Facebook watch party, that's very important for anybody who watches our videos any other time that you want (laughs) it
1: yeah, not matter. so much.
0: Wake up late, wake up early, doesn't matter. Uh, right, it, it, it will be there for you on our our, our channel, uh, our YouTube channel, Hfec videos, uh, whenever you need it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it uh, now. I mean, so so yeah, like we said, like I said, this is running along very quickly, uh, which is also a, for you and I a, a terrifying aspect of like, oh, holy week is. There's a there's a lot for you and I to do, <laughs>
1: right? Recording the worship services of Holy Week yeah. between
0: now and then a lot, uh, a lot, a lot. So, um, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, we're 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 doing our best, and uh, still I think despite all that uh, work, uh, that daunting work facing us, uh, still very excited about it. Um, so, um, well, before we get to our readings today. I have picked out a person for you, and I've gone a different – a direction that I don't think we've uh, gone so far with people uh, that that I've challenged you on. So I want to see if you – It's a Presbyterian? I'm not going to say. I'm not giving you that kind of a hint. Um, Okay. (laughs) uh, The name of your individual today, if you know them, is Ralph – oh, goodness. Is it – I just now realized – I thought it was Vaughn. But it's vaughan Vahan, Vahan, uh, Williams
1: Ralph Vahan Williams. Oh, Ralph Van Williams. Um, musician.
0: Yes. Well, uh, composer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. What What do you know about Ralph Van Williams? He good. I, I, I suppose that's a fairly safe bet. If he's yeah. in the Episcopal Glossary, uh, one would think there would not be an entry of, like, mediocre composer.
1: <laughs> who people <laughs> keep talking who, about for no reason. Right, right.
0: Who is famous, <laughs> infamously mediocre. And not really that great. <laughs> Don't bother looking him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, he is good. Uh, do, you, do you happen yeah. to know, know com- if he's uh, American, uh, English, uh, from from an, from another uh, area? I'm thinking.
1: I'm thinking English.
0: He is English. Yes.
1: And um, com- uh, composed various hymns that we still use and. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even a couple settings for the Eucharist that we still use with uh, right one mm-hmm.
0: that this, this this is all very, very true. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have not gotten into uh, composers, uh, you know, thought provocateurs, writers, writers uh mystics we've covered those uh, you know all all these uh, areas of people but not nothing in music yet um so he is an english composer hymn writer and editor born in down ampney uh man what a word uh in england uh from the late 1800s uh, and he died 1958 um there's it's actually a fairly extensive entry here so i won't read the whole thing Mm -hmm. but you're the, the the highlights are uh, that he, um, uh, he he was a fairly prolific uh, composer, and uh, I interestingly enough, never uh, a professing Christian. Uh, he wrote some very beautiful uh, pieces, several anthems, canticle settings, and a mass for two choirs. But uh, but it wasn't necessarily tied to a uh, to a church to a parish. Uh, um and and not necessarily a, a a a known uh christian just uh loved the work uh and uh had musical roots uh from the tudor period um mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, another composer purcell uh was a yeah. was, was a uh, um an influence Inspiration. on him yeah uh, but uh, let's see here. To hymn repertoires, he introduced British and Irish folk tunes and carols, Welsh hymn tunes, arrangements of historic German, French, and Swiss tunes. Uh, uh, most English-language hymnals published since 1930 have been strongly influenced by his work as a hymnal editor, composer, and arranger. The hymn, the hymnal 1982 contains five of his original tunes, including uh, Salve, Fe- uh, Festa Dies, he- uh, used uh, with Hail the Festival Day, um, uh-huh. hymns 175, 216, and 225. If you want to look them up, uh, the Call uh, w- uh, used hymn uh, 487, "Come, m- Come My Way," and Down. Oh, Anthony, that's a pretty one. Yeah, right. And Down Amptney used a uh, 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 with "Come Down, O Love Divine," hymn 516, uh, and uh, and and there's 17 of his arrangements that contain. Uh, those types of works and he died in 1958 in london so um but yeah he uh the the english hymnal songs of praise the oxford book of carols uh and the the hymnal 1982 all contain uh, uh uh his work um those those first three were uh he was the actually the editor of the entire the entire book so um fantastic uh um length of uh, and breadth of, of work in in the, the world of music but I was fascinated to, to, to read that he was it it's he wasn't Episcopalian he, he did he didn't it exa- doesn't indicate that he went to church he, it, he was just uh, loved
1: loved the music and was inspired well one thing to think about what year was he born 1872 yeah is to think of the era he was born into mm-hmm. which was an era of for in in england of war after war after war and um you know with (laughs) the ones we got involved in as americans world war one and world war two um and so a lot of a lot of folks in england actually became um cynical about the institutional church, mm-hmm. because since in England it's a state church, the church would support these wars. They had to, right? And so it the, the mm-hmm. politics of the day very much influenced how many people were willing to call themselves a Christian or a member of the church. Oh, uh, that's an interesting and, point. Yes, which you know is actually very similar to today in America.
0: Yeah, no, that's that is an interesting point uh, that the that. The, because of how influential and t- and tethered the church would be, that there would be right. kind of a polit- a semi political statement of of no, nah, I'm not going to put that moniker out there. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So, um, we'll have to uh. Uh. I'll have to check with Bethany and see if we've already picked our, our hymns. I don't think actually, these don't you know hail day festival day will not work in lent <laughs> i know that <laughs>
1: we're uh, getting close though
0: getting close uh, come my way might though um yeah uh, and come down a little Divine is is probably uh, better suited for another lectionary season but no yeah, that could be good too that could be could be i
1: mean that's what we're seeking during lent
0: that's true that, that's true that's very true uh so we'll 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 see maybe maybe i can uh, influence her to uh, to to <laughs> They're, they're probably already set. Uh, she's probably already done her work. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? Uh, I'll, 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 we'll see if my argument of it was set on the podcast uh, <laughs> is influential. I have a feeling maybe not.
1: <laughs> in- influential in a positive way. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's influential one way or another. Yes. <laughs> it just, it'll be like, no, just don't, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> uh, so anyways, yeah, there's our, there's our person of the day, Ralph Von Williams. Um, uh, apologies to Ralph, uh, Ralph's memory for me uh, pausing on uh, the, the, the middle name there, or if that's a, if that's a two last name, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but either way, Vaughn gave me pause, and I apologize to to his memory for pausing well, then, there. I thought it was Vaughn, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, that spelled a little interesting." So maybe it's not.
1: Well, and the nice thing is, if you Google him, you get to hear some great music.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, and uh, so, so yeah, whether it's a uh, whether it's in your that hymnal at home or online, um, feel free to, to to look up some of his. Uh, Some of his work and and give it a listen this week. Um, Speaking of work that we're going to get a listen to, uh, let's read our first uh, first, um, reading here from the book of
1: Numbers. An admirable segue. Uh, segue. Right.
0: Not bad. It worked out. (laughs) Um, uh, Chapter 21, verse 4 through 9. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way of the to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people came became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole, and whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Uh, Where do you want to start? (laughs) Yeah um, I'm going to go actually backwards on this one So making And especially the fact That it is uh, Moses And his time Making a serpent of bronze Kind of Feels uh, or Reminds me a little bit of A golden calf Now maybe the serpent it wasn't uh, A revered you know, deity entity of some sort uh, of of the Egyptian culture, which is what the the um, the golden calf was. But still, it seems odd. To, it's kind kind of still feels like an idol here, does it not? I mean, it's yeah. Okay, so why is, why is this one okay and the other one's not? First of all, we don't know. <laughs> good good out good out okay (laughs) um but
1: it it's been such a disturbing such a disturbing little story that it's been talked about by the rabbi since way before jesus's time and Mm -hmm. um as well as christian scholars since jesus's time and uh and and no one can agree as to what it means why it's here but there are a couple dominant themes So one is that this is a way of God showing just before they enter the Holy Land. They're almost there Mm -hmm. in this story that the gods they left behind in Egypt, the false gods, indeed are subservient to God because the serpent was uh, a symbol of the divine in Egypt. You might remember from hieroglyphics and statues and stuff. um, Priests and royalty wearing a a serpent headpiece sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Or a a bracelet. So there's some speculation that this was God saying, okay, you're almost in the promised land. You really got to forget about all that stuff that I know you have in the back of your mind, if not the forefront at this moment. And so this is to show to you that you know, I can do whatever I want as God. And those false gods have absolutely no validity. Hmm. What has much wider agreement among um, Jewish scholars is that this was a way, and I think this is a stretch, but I'm not Jewish. So maybe that that's my fault that, the the fact that this little image is put on a staff means that people have to look up. And therefore they're looking towards the one true God.
0: So it's like distracting distracting a baby with a with a rattle <laughs> to look in the right direction?
1: Sort of, yeah. <laughs> and reorient look at the serpent. Look at the serpent. <laughs> yeah. Reorient their vision um pray to the one true God rather than stand there complaining or pulling your false idol from your knapsack and trying to light a candle to it. Mm. Um that that's the strongest consensus among the ancient rabbinical commentaries is that it, it drew people back to to looking towards God. Um Christians just say it's no, I shouldn't put it that way. Many Christians say that it is a foreshadowing of Jesus's triumph over evil um, on the cross, as John will make explicit in the last reading today. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. It, it just it seems. I mean, it's so. I, I it makes sense that, that you know the, the the hierarchical argument that you're that that, that was made there of. God told Moses to do this. Therefore you look at the serpent, it's only given power because God says so. Yeah. Um, so, um, which, which I guess is a, an interesting way to deconstruct uh, a false belief, right? right. If, if, if the false belief is, you know, Oh no, the serpents of Egypt, uh, or you know, serpent of Egypt is a, is a God and a deity unto its own. And you're trying to deconstruct that and, and, and break it down and make it go away the the, the our, our first thought is to you know you know smack this person and say no you're wrong <laughs> and in a yeah. way that shows a lot more uh, intelligence <laughs> than i think yeah. most of us have uh, even today of rather than you combat it you absorb it and you say right.
1: you uh, co-opt it
0: you're gonna you're gonna pray to this serpent that's fine Here's 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 the you know I'm going to show you that it only has power because I give you power or I I have power over it um, and and it has an all.
1: extremely limited reach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas in Egypt it was you know way up there with the sun god right with Ra right and, and so, so yeah it's diminishing the status
0: yeah and, and the, the thought process is eventually over time people aren't going to pray to the bronze serpent if they realize the only power there really is god you're just going to pray to god directly and cut yeah. the, cut out the middleman. so it's a it's an economic <laughs> it's an economic uh, uh, um, uh you know uh, relationship with your deity of like no no we're just going to eventually cut out the middleman. they'll figure it out
1: <laughs> yeah and and it, and actually for a lot of folks the religions at least in the middle east were basically economic relationships where Mm -hmm. um you prayed to the gods to make sure your crops were as successful as possible and uh, other economic factors and it's interest one of the interesting things with the development of judaism and then christianity was god through the prophets and through Jesus repeatedly tries to remove that economic dimension. Mm -hmm. And sadly, particularly Christians have put it back in repeatedly, the whole prosperity gospel and all that. You know, that if you love God in the right way, then God will make you rich. And God's literally spent thousands of years trying to say, no, that's not what divinity is for. (laughs) Right. Um, But our greedy little hearts say, no, that's, that's gotta be the best thing. Um, so yeah it's all part of uh, that way of trying to turn people's concepts of what good divinity is in their lives mm-hmm. um so what about the uh the punitive
0: uh aspect of this story the uh you know the people grumble and god goes okay here comes you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> lift up your here's, feet <laughs> wait. here's a serpent I'm gonna bite you um now, I, I suppose uh, now that we've had the, the conversation about um, serpents being uh, a, a, an image of, of uh, Egyptian faith um, on the back end, as we've already discussed that, is there some symbolism here of – because essentially – I mean their argument is why'd you bring us up out of Egypt? And like, oh, you like Egypt so much? Here's their God biting you and killing you.
1: It could be. Yeah. I mean we there there is no obvious this is what this means about this passage. So your I I like your interpretation and that's as valid as anyone else has ever come up with in the thousands of years.
0: Well, let's l you know, let's slow down a little bit there. <laughs>
1: dial
0: to, it back <laughs> to grant me uh uh, uh such validity is <laughs> i would argue dangerous uh maybe if somebody else came up with this uh, uh, uh on their own uh, we could grant them such a uh, uh, such high praise but uh, uh we should always treat what i say with
1: <laughs> valid skepticism <laughs> well I, this is one i'm willing to say yeah i like it i'd go okay. with that okay But Um, there's also the dimension of simply, if you spend 40 years walking through the deserts, you're going to encounter some pretty dangerous snakes at times. Right. Yeah. You're bound to get bit by a few here and there. Um, um, Well, but there's also... Okay. I, I spent a lot of years in Southern California and spent a lot of years in the desert camping and stuff. There's also the dimension of, if you use common sense, you're not going to get bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And... So there's there's the 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 complainers in this passage are they're hints that they're not the best and the brightest. Mm -hmm. And so one of them, one of those hints is they're getting bit. It's like you're in the desert. Look out for the snakes, people. Right. Um, The other thing is um, in verse five. They say, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. (laughs) No, there is food. There is water. You're contradicting yourself.
0: Right. Um, You're just not, you know, eating on the banks of the Nile anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. There's not a full service buffet here. And is, is the
0: miserable food in this instance, is this still during the same exact period as the, uh, the, the manna, the two manna um, in the morning. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they have manna. Moses can hit a rock anytime with the staff and they have water. Um, So they're, you know, they're arguing with the one true God who, and lying, you -hmm. know, they're, they're trying to stretch the facts to justify their complaints and, you know, God can easily be there saying, um, you just said you don't have any food and you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but food. any,
0: anybody, any parent uh, out there has heard yes. this before. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing to eat. There's nothing
1: to eat. <laughs> the refrigerator is literally full. I yeah. don't
0: want that stuff.
1: <laughs> That's exactly the image to carry. And, you know, you can picture Moses doing the You know, fourteenth hundredth head slap. Right, (laughs) he's been leading (laughs) these people. Uh, So yeah, so there are all these these um, subtexts that are quite possible in these short verses, but again, it it doesn't have a lot of clues within it, and it's not a passage that has a lot of comment. Well, has any commentary by the prophets or anything like Mm -hmm. happens with um, Noah and Adam and Eve and a lot of the big stories where for centuries they're commented on with in other places within the Hebrew scriptures. This one just sits there.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, So that implies it wasn't that important um, to your everyday devout Jewish person.
0: Hmm. Uh, let me ask real quick about the book of numbers just because we don't we don't um really read from numbers uh nearly as often as one would think considering you know it's it's not a it's not one of those really small books in the old testament like those four and five chapter sized right. books it's it's i forget exactly how many chapters there are but you know it's it's already here we're here in chapter 21 so it's not insignificant um is is this and generally speaking the book of like genesis uh uh traffics in kind of these um oral tradition stories uh there it's not exactly it's not a historical accounting per se like as far as like to the letter you right know, this happened then this happened and this isn't a, a true and accurate account of everything in this book um is numbers in that same kind of a category or is it a little bit more historical based or like what's the what's the kind of basic vibe of the book of numbers because one would think it's called numbers so therefore it's cut and dry one plus one equals two kind of thing right
1: (laughs) kind (laughs) of uh it it's it's one of the books first of all it's one of the books of the torah Mm -hmm. So it's the big five, and it covers the, it's set in the final portion of the journey of um, the Israelites out of Egypt through the wilderness to the edge of Cana, to the Jordan River, Mm -hmm. um, just before they enter the Promised Land. Deuteronomy will pick up um, on the final teachings of Moses just before they enter the Promised Land. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it has. This may sound. No, well, it won't sound out to anyone who's looked at the Bible very often. It has stuff that, sh- that its authors think should have been in, the book of Exodus.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because that. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be uh, another one of my questions. Is like, hey, this kind of goes back in time uh, as far as the structure goes. This is during the a period of time in Genesis. How come? Like, what is the? So so there's. This is kind of like a supplemental. Accounting covering things that didn't make it in, into the, the first book of the Bible, or
1: yeah, okay. well, not the first book, but because Exodus is not the first book, Genesis. is. Oh yeah,
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, I, but uh, but just kind of like a supplemental uh, um, writing.
1: Yeah, because one thing to keep in mind is that as with most of the Bible, there isn't a single author, mm-hmm. and. There are at least two authors identified for the Book of Numbers.
0: That is going to be a question. Go.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And all the other books of the Torah, the first five books, also have multiple authors. So hmm. you know, it's it's <laughs> it is almost the you know the the camel is a horse designed by a committee sort of thing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That th- this is an example of um, literature done by a committee hmm. where. You know, one subcommittee says, we got to have the story about the snake and the staff of Moses. And another committee says, eh, I'm not sure. But if you, we'll give you that if you'll give us the part about them complaining about the food. It's like, uh, okay, we got a deal. Let's move on. Hmm. Um, and, and we'd like to think the Holy Spirit's moving through all that. Yeah, sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, numbers always has struck me as the, the filler in the sense of, whoops, we forgot this. Let's stick it in. Whoops, we okay. forgot this. Let's put it in.
0: So it doesn't necessarily have um, a, a, as strong of a narrative flow as, as Exodus does.
1: Not, not as dramatic.
0: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: I think it still has a strong flow, but at times you'll be saying, wait a minute, didn't Exodus talk about this in a different way? which is the point that right. it's an the, addendum. <laughs> well, it's not so much an addendum. It's, a, it, it's to remind people of the ambiguity.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: That even as people were diligently trying to write this stuff down, so it wouldn't get lost as the oral tradition started to fade, they also wanted to drive home that we we're frankly not supposed to take it literally. Mm. And that there are various ways so many different ways that the human race has encountered God and God has reached out to the human race that we shouldn't narrow this down to 90 pages, but instead have stories that stand sometimes in direct conflict with each other to remind us of, our, to, to make us humble about what we think we know about God and the human race. Hmm.
0: That's it. Yeah, that's a good i. I like I, I like it when we read from some of these books that we don't get into very yeah. often. Um, nothing against our our New Testament readings but uh, it seems as though that we there's I'm not sure if this is is based on any actual facts, but it seems as though there's less of them or, or constantly oh yeah. The New Testament's a lot
1: shorter than the Hebrew scriptures.
0: I mean, I know, I know it is uh, chapter-wise, but and I, I believe book-wise, definitely, right? Yeah. I mean, just
1: hold up your Bible and put your thumb and finger around the (laughs) Hebrew scriptures and around the New Testament. Yeah, it's but it'll be no, it'll be forever
0: until we're reading in Numbers again. Uh, Whereas uh, our next reading here from Ephesians, we might be in Ephesians next week for all I know. It. And uh, we're we're constantly reading Paul's writings. Yeah. Um, So, um, well, let's move on then to Ephesians. And uh, and, uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse one through 10 uh, reads this way. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passion of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places of in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Um, Ephesians is a, a, a letter of Paul to nope. Ah, got me. Okay, uh, is this one of the letters uh, in Paul's style?
1: Yes, to
0: the the, the the um to Ephesus.
1: Yeah, and it's um, I can never
0: remember which ones those are. Uh, it gets me almost every time.
1: Yeah. And well, anyway, yeah, it's it's a letter that they that by vocabulary, theological content, that sort of thing is thought to be probably one of the last of the letters attributed to Paul written. That's late first century. Um, It seems to be that it the people of the Ephesian Christian community have almost no knowledge of Judaism, which is one of the reasons we say that about the date, um, mm-hmm. that the, the Christian tradition and the Jewish tradition have started to form separate paths at this point. Um, but it was, mm-hmm. so it's believed it was written by someone who was a close follower of Paul after Paul's death. Mm-hmm. And the theology is, is a bit different than that which Paul expressed in his letters, but Paul's not Jesus. So it's not like that's a huge issue.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, what, what like you say a bit different, uh, is there, what can you point to? Like, is there something that's like, Oh, just the, you know, the emphasis on this or that, or like, um, uh, what's the, what's the difference in your mind?
1: Um, one of the big things is that Ephesians uses a present tense about heaven. Hmm. and so it's part of the theological development that that one can legitimately say jesus started that right now we are living in the kingdom of god that's not something just for after we die. paul was weak on that whereas ephesians is very strong on that Hmm. um that you know verse eight by for by grace you have been saved through faith um it's it's a done deal, whereas yeah. eh, Paul's not nearly so sure.
0: Yeah, his is more like so that we we might receive. Yeah, it's kind of like his his. Uh, um, I, I I kind of remember like so that we might receive the grace of God. Um, so yeah, okay, all right, I got that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, any anything else? Any other uh, uh, kind of theological differences or stylistic difference?
1: Well, he's, um, the author of Ephesians is a little more what we modernly would call hellfire and brimstone Mm. than Paul was. Okay. Um, the passage that the first verse of chapter two, you were dead through the trespasses and sins. That's harsher than the way that Paul talks in his genuine letters Mm. that, you know, you might be living in darkness. You might be straying a bit, but here it's like, you were
0: dead. (laughs) (laughs) Worthless.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And it's not just you were dead because you didn't know Jesus. It's dead because you are a bad, bad man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of that
0: badness uh, there in verse two, um, I'm a little perplexed by the phrase, the ruler of the power of the air. Isn't that something? Well, yeah. Uh, tell me what that something is. Cause I don't know what that, I don't know what that means.
1: No one does. Okay. <laughs> People are, are quick to jump to say, oh, that's Satan. Um, but it's At, not. Well, a, as we
0: all know, Satan, ruler of the air. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not a phrase that occurs anywhere else in the Bible. Um, hmm. It's not a description of Satan used in any early Christian theology. And so, yeah, again, sort of like with the first reading, we can. Through the Holy Spirit today, interpret it and mm. make the best sense we can of it. I wonder personally, and I haven't read this anywhere. I wonder if that's a reference to a false god in Ephesus that was, uh, you know, whose temple was powerful, whose people oh, like that, the
0: God of the Wind or something. Yeah, uh, that, that, that one would expect in like Greek mythology or something. Yeah, that
1: yeah. Uh, you know, so the audience this letter was sent to a go. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, those, those people control the stock market and stuff. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And Cause they're all the rich people going to that temple, but you know, that that's, that's not the true ruler of the universe.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, uh one wonders where the ruler of, uh, earth and fire are to go, uh, with... <laughs> with the air with the wind here (laughs) um um ha ha uh so one of my favorite funk bands right right um well don't follow them that closely uh bruce be careful uh don't fall (laughs) into that trap (laughs) it'll it will make you dead um so there's but there's like there's no but i'm a shining star according to them Uh, I was gonna ask. So there's, there's no indication that this is like a translation kind of an issue. No. Like, oh, it's it, it's air-like, but here's the, you know, the word that's used or something. Or, okay, all right, all right. Um, that one perplexed me as I read it. Uh, I'm glad to know that no one knows. That uh, I, I find comfort in that lack of knowledge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, but. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the differences, but then, you know, there's a fair amount of similarity here and, and we get into, um, um, you know, the, the, the language in the, in the center of this reading that does kind of feel, uh, Paul like, even as, as you pointed out, uh, it, it uses, uh, present tense, uh, as, as, in, as though it is, uh, already there and existent. And, and as you said, a done deal, um, but the rest of the rest of this does kind of, you know, feel a lot, uh, like Paul. Yeah. Uh, I, it's again, not the it a was... result of works. It's, it's an act of grace. It's, uh, um, and it, you, this is not something that you accomplish on your own. It can't be done that way. It's a gift. Um, and, uh, and that does, that does still feel very, very Paul like.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly the person knows Paul's work very, very well. And, mm-hmm. um, in a sense, is the next generation's interpreter of paul's mm-hmm. work bringing it up to date, yeah
0: but i yeah as we, as we all know, the one knock on Paul is that he didn't speak out against the ruler of the power of the air enough i so <laughs> um, had, to, had to fix that with the later work uh <laughs> Uh, written and in his style and his name Uh, is i forget is is ephesians the one where it says like i paul and it's not really paul yeah (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) i i did love bringing that uh uh back when we were uh when we got to meet in person and and talk about things (laughs) face to face uh i shared that with the uh youth group we read uh the the second reading from the book of Ephesians, and and it started off with, you know, I, Paul, write to you, blah, 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 blah. And I said, so who do you think wrote this letter? <laughs> Paul did. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so that was a fun share. Um, but uh, anything else about this uh, uh, passage uh, before we move on to the gospel reading?
1: No, I think that's enough for the day. Yeah, good, good,
0: good. Enough for the Paul-like reading. Uh, We will move (laughs) on to John. paul Light. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, uh, John chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, there's our reference, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved rather than darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for all who do evil, hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Um, this passage contains, uh, verse 16 there is very famous. Right. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him may not perish, but have, may have eternal life. I have always been, uh, and I, I have several of these throughout the Bible. Um, uh, we actually kind of touched on one earlier today of the story of the golden calf. Um, but I, I have several um, uh, pieces of scripture that I l- very much like once read with the following far less well-known, um, um, uh, verse. Uh, and, and the, 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 end of the story of the golden calf of course is that he melts it down and makes the Israelites drink it, which is like, you know, like create, like definitely makes the story a little different. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and right here, um, I I like the verse 16 read in addition with verse 17. Uh, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Um, And it's, it's more, um, that, that, that language there in 17 could still, we could do well to continue to be informed by, uh, that language. Um, um, and even eighteen uh, kind of uh, furthers it. It's not that those who believe in him are not condemned, and it's not that those who do not believe on him will be condemned, but that they already are. It's, right. It, again, it's leaning into that uh, from from that reading from Ephesians, the gift of the gift, the the grace that is given and, and then received, uh, and and are lost without it. Uh, and I think oftentimes we're, um, still, uh, it, whether it be when this was written, before this was written, or here today, uh, we're still very quick co- to condemn those who do not believe, um, what we believe. And, um, it, it's pretty well put here by John, uh, that that's not, that's not the, that's not the purpose of, of christ jesus that's not the and and also it's not the purpose of us as followers of him right uh, uh the condemnation is uh um is is like our starting point <laughs> <It's, laughs> where we're, we're trying to redeem our, our, ourselves and uh and and uh um through through an act of grace uh, by god um So, which really turns, you know, evangelism and that kind of a thing on kind of on its ear uh, when you think about it, at least uh, some forms of modern day evangelism. It's not. um, Mm -hmm.
1: um, Yeah, I mean, there's so much Christianity today that I think that I derisively admittedly describe as neener, neener Christianity, where it's neener, neener. I have Jesus and you don't. If you want some Jesus, you got to come to me and of course, in the Gospels, Jesus is extremely generous
0: mm-hmm. and
1: doesn't say there's there's you know this one limited bucket of Jesus to go around, but instead right. it's for the whole world. And one of the interesting things that John the Gospel of John does is emphasize that people basically judge themselves by how they choose to orient themselves Mm -hmm. and people understandably conflate this with judgment passages from the synoptics which take a different view they they have the the image of the judgment seat and sheep and goats and all that Mm -hmm. whereas in john it, it this is the summary of what jesus will teach over and over of you decide each day whether or not you're following the light or the darkness. If you follow the light, you are part of eternal life. Now, if you follow darkness, then you're living a, a life. That's a fraction of what it could be. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so there's in John, there's no neener, neener really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I kind
0: of, I kind of get that, that feeling, that vibe, um, from him. Um, And it it is interesting how he describes, uh, um, again, remember that, uh, John does not say people are evil. Right. Uh, he says that their, their deeds are evil and people, people who do, who who actually do evil, um, don't like thing, you know, their, their evil deeds to be exposed. That's why they, they don't, they don't like, uh, the, the, what he calls the light. Um, um, But, uh, so the, the, and, and this is, and I wonder if this is, uh, time wise, because we had just previously talked about how Paul would write about light and darkness Mm -hmm. is, is John, John is the last written gospel. Mm -hmm. Uh, is there any indication that, um, either of the authors influenced the other like when, when did paul's writing started before john was written we believe like, so yeah okay and but kind of like continued through and then after uh john was written, correct
1: uh, i th- i mean it, it you're, you're almost getting to what month is it
0: um, i gotcha yeah okay
1: but generally so, speaking it's people generally speaking it's described as Paul finished all of the um, genuine letters mm-hmm. before any gospel was written down.
0: Okay. Any indication that John was influenced by that kind of theology? Because I'm oh, kind of yeah. interested that, that that he uses this this language, which it, it does it's not written in a Paul style, but it the, the imagery is very right. similar.
1: Yeah. By the time John's written down, well, it's interesting people um particularly scholars have been very influenced by a, a scholarly movement to get things organized and categorized within the Bible mm-hmm. and so that's one reason there's been in the 20th century and into the 21st century such a concern about authorship you know is this is this of paul is this of the priestly caste of the um hebrew scripture time and of course what we know if we just use a little step back and look is that usually things aren't nearly that clear cut Hmm. so was was john influenced by paul if john was influenced by god and paul was influenced by god then yes Hmm. and and maybe it was John being handed a scroll of one of Paul's letters and going, oh, there's some good stuff here. Right. Um, right. Or hearing it in church on Sunday or whatever the exposure may have been. Or it may have just been God saying, this is where we're going with this. So here are some words for you. Mm-hmm. It's all messy. And not messy in a, in a ugly way, but in a beautiful way.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think maybe um, maybe I focus a little too much, on, uh, especially on this podcast, to point out um, the messiness. Uh, and I should clarify that uh, I, I do that because I find that part to be the most fascinating. Mm-hmm. And in, in some respects, the most informative um, uh, a, a portion of, of, of uh, experiencing these readings is realizing how uh, the divine and human interact uh in these writings and and how influences work their way through and points of view and target audiences um it, yeah. it, it all kind of comes together in this uh what some might see as a, a messy swirl of inspiration and it's kind of more of a you know a either a potpourri or a a a Mixed vegetable soup <laughs> <laughs> of of uh, of uh, of uh, nurturing, I suppose. If I am going to go with the metaphor, yeah. So, um, uh, um, and, and that's 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 the part I think that is most fascinating. And one of the things that I think is is that we don't we don't uh, talk enough about um, um, as as a as churchgoers, um, because it's hard to get below the surface. Uh, mm-hmm. um it's it's really complicated if you want to t- you know tell a story about this gospel reading um digging into uh that 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 messiness uh enriching as it is it, it takes a lot of time and it's really hard to do during i'm sure uh you know a 12 minute homily or <laughs> right. or or even in in many cases like a you know an an 8 week bible study even uh it it it's 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 it's
1: hard <laughs> oh yeah they, oh, yeah one one my favorite example is um there's an author named raymond brown who um basically spent his entire adult life studying the gospel of john hmm. and produced quite a few books on it and he still had had felt like he had there's still so much more to learn as his life was running out, mm. that um, it, you know, and this wasn't the whole Bible. This was just one book of the Bible. That and he did beautiful scholarship and uh, things that he wrote in the 1980s and before still are helpful to read. Uh, but you know, he felt he he still had so much more to delve into, but he just ran out of years, ran out of life. Mm. Let alone someone who tries to study and and interpret the entire bible that's that's one of the the neat things about jewish scholarship is there's a presumption you're never going to get it all and that you build on the wisdom of um rabbis and scholars from yesterday last week and centuries back there's this living conversation within the scholarship and the commentaries of rabbi so-and-so said yada da and yet, there's also this part, yada, 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 as the person adds their own commentary, mm-hmm. and the rabbi they're quoting may have written before the birth of Christ and is still hmm. considered an active part of the conversation interesting yeah it's it's great to read
0: when it and it shows you how and that that's a that's a prime example of how things uh you know, thousand year old, thousands of years old uh, writings still have life and breadth. Right. Uh, that that they, you know, um, they're they're actively a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thousands of years later, and 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 uh, and and perhaps as a as a result of us mentioning. Uh, some of them on the on this podcast, uh, we've gotten to be a part of it. Maybe yeah, this becomes true. A, a narrative for someone who listens to it and, and, and informs uh, a conversation they have later on. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's very interesting how all of that passes down. Yeah, it's, um,
1: how, it's how God moves through the human community. Through, yeah. Transcending time and space.
0: Yeah. And it makes me feel small. <laughs> but, but, also, but oddly influential yeah so, yeah <laughs> it should be both yeah uh uh hum, hum, i should say humble yeah uh because uh, certainly um i would not elevate myself to <laughs> the level of some some that we uh uh have spoken about mm-hmm. uh, this, <laughs> this yeah me week. neither for me <laughs> um so with that uh with with uh, shared humility and, and uh, uh, pride in <laughs> being a part of the conversation. <laughs> um, uh, I think we'll end this, our podcast for uh, March 14th, 2021, the fourth Sunday in Lent. Uh, as always, we've got a lot of things going on uh, uh, at the church, um, uh, online programs, some in-person safely distance programs. Uh, so feel free to visit our, our website, uh, holyfamilyfishers.org, uh, and our YouTube channel, as always, HFEC videos, uh, contains our, our worship services, uh, as well. 9 a.m. Facebook watch party on Sunday, uh, was referenced at the top of the program. Uh, so, um, anything else you want to plug before we sign off? No, I think you got them. Yeah, good. All right. I got them all. <laughs> uh, so uh so uh uh with that i i look forward to our conversation next week and until then i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you later bye-bye bye